Everybody, Cable Smith, welcome each and every one of you into episode 28 of Justified Pursuit. As always, alongside my buddy, my co-host, the good counselor Chisholm Cook. A little Pat Green there for you by request, Chisholm. Been badgering me about that uh, since our last turkey hunt. Good job, man. <laughs> Love him. Yeah. I consider him one of the great singer-songwriters of all time. And you found out during our turkey hunt, it's a lot more versatile than just a Texas country and Western singer, right? Oh, yeah. But then again, I think of Texas country as a little bit more rock and roll. Yeah, it's got some rock and some blues, some blues for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, he's a, certainly one of the OGs for me. I think yeah. uh, a girl I dated in high school had introduced me to uh, one of his records. And from there, I've discovered Robert O'Keen and Corey Morrow and yeah, those guys like uh hell Corey morrow played like um fraternity parties in waco texas back when we were in school so uh yeah the, those are some of the the ogs of that red dirt scene for sure yes but, sir uh well we got a lot to get into today uh one big topic regarding police um i guess reform you could call it and and people might be surprised how uh from the viewpoint that we're going to take on this uh, and that's coming out of uh, San Antonio, but we'll, uh, we'll get into that in a little bit. A couple of quick if, if they've followed our rules to a T and have actually listened to everything we've said, they shouldn't be totally surprised. Cause I think mm-hmm. we've on the record as supporting reform, right? We don't support defunding, but anyway, yeah. like you said, we'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, can you hear that racket? Yeah, a little bit, but it's not that bad. It's the new puppy is here in the studio with oh, me. So. Nice. Your neighbor little thing. I forgot what it was like to have a puppy, man. Just son of a gun. Yeah, dude. They're uh, so cute. And then you bring them home and it's like... Mm. Oh, they make nonstop noise, all sorts of shit. Yeah, peeing and taking them outside at night. and Yeah, man. Uh, great in theory. A uh, little bit of a drag in practice, but you know. Like leftism. Yeah. Well, I don't know where you went. I disappeared for a second to, to make her be quiet. But uh, I was saying my, my least favorite part is always the getting up at 2 o'clock to let him go pee. Oh, yeah. It's like having a kid all over again. Yeah. But, uh, at least kids wear diapers and typically don't uh, piss her shit on the carpet like a puppy will. So that's been real fun. Yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah, there's moments where she's scared of me. Uh, she ain't never scared of mama, though. So I don't know if, uh, you know, I think she's figured out which one is the disciplinarian who's going to wear the pants in this relationship. Um, But yeah, puppy, puppy love. They are cute, though. Um, Yeah, so uh, interesting thing (laughs) happened at uh, Henry's uh, and Frankie and Stella's school the other day. I was I have actually two points on this topic, which is kind of weird that this all happened uh, literally on the same day, both on Monday. So I'm picking them up from school. I just played in a charity uh, golf tournament. And uh, I'm sitting there visiting with one of the neighbors, dad that uh, I you know, talked to uh, just whenever we're waiting on the kids. Nice guy. And his wife's there and the kids are coming out of school. It's 3.05. And one of their friends 
is on the playground. One of the girl's friends, kindergarten kids named Sam. Um, and he just kind of looks over and says, hey, Frankie and Stella's dad. Did you know that sometimes a boy can become a girl? <laughs> this is a kindergartner. I looked at him and I said, Sam, not in our house. We'll see you later. <laughs> guess who's guess whose mom was walking around the neighborhood back in early November in a Biden shirt? If you guess Sam's mom, had, you guessed right. Had to be Sammy's <laughs> mama. Yeah. Yeah. So, so then I was like, uh, told Aaron, I was like, guess whose house our kids aren't allowed to go over to? We indoctrinated <laughs> with bullshit over at Sam's house. No, thanks. Yeah. Um, so, it, and this isn't part of the public school curriculum like it is in California, right? This is McKinney, Texas. So his, his mom is certainly uh, doing her part to make sure that he's being indoctrinated at the house i just don't and i i know why they're they're doing it they think that the earlier you expose these kids to these concepts the you know more accepting they'll be um and you know they're, they're, they're probably i guess not wrong but seems like a great way to confuse the holy hell out of them at the same time um and, you know, I think we've talked about it, but statistically, you know, it's pretty common that it's pretty common that most people go through some phase of sort of confusion, like during pre-puberty and puberty, right, where you kind of don't know which way is up. And then particularly among, you know, people who end up homosexual, they may have a period where they're convinced they're the opposite sex. And like, you know, all of them are pretty happy at the end of the day that nobody chemically castrated them. Right. 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 Mm -hmm. Anyway, <clears throat> I'm so yeah. tired. I'm, <laughs> I, I think I've mentioned too, like, I, I feel like I'm always going there and I get, I've had people that maybe I'm debating even family members who will be like, why do you always have to bring up the trans thing? And I'm like, cause there's nothing more insane and more illustrative of the craziness of the left than this two plus two equals five crap. Right. And, and I think both of us are kind of uh, on the same page. Like once you're 18 right. and you want to do that to your body, Hey man, you get one life. I, I think it's like, we both know that science says there's only two sexes, right? I mean, that's just, com unless you're so weird. Cause the party of science will say, wait, no, there's as many sexes as you want. You can identify as a, yeah, they also ro say robot tomorrow they, if you want to. They also say you need a mask when you're outside. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and a mask so, after you've been vaccinated. But hey. Mm -hmm. and, and they and people like my beautiful wife are duped by that. Like I said a couple like maybe it was last week, how we're at the gym and she's vaccinated and has had COVID and is working out in a mask. And I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. I mean, they're you, you beat someone over the head with it enough and then you just they just take it at face value. So that's why we have this show to uh, <laughs> make sure that people don't take it as the base back. <laughs> yeah. But the transgender uh, thing is certainly like uh, a microcosm of what is wrong with the left. Like there's just, there's no other way around it. You can't tell a kindergartner like Sam, poor kid um, that, Hey, you know, maybe you're really a, a girl, Sam. No, Sam, you're not at 18. If you are still having those things, well, then you can, really have some introspection and, and decide for yourself, which brings me to the next funny 
uh, anecdote on on this topic. So earlier that day, I'm playing golf in this charity golf tournament with my youngest brother, the the role, um, a good friend of mine who you know, uh, Dylan, and then our other buddy that we went to church with growing up. So lifelong foursome right here. And my buddy Justin, who was his wife's company, uh, was putting on the uh, the tournament. And I was like, man, you sound real nasally. He's like, yeah, actually, you know, I got to have surgery. I was like, oh, congrats. You're finally getting that sex change you always wanted. Just kind of <laughs> joking, you know. And Dylan and my brother, Chris, just kind of look at me like and give me that just I'm like, what, what, I, you know, this was just the kind of humor that exists in our group. Um, just a joke. Right. Just a joke. So they're like, they pull me aside when, when he like goes to the restroom or something and, uh, or he's hitting his tee shot and they're like, dude, his dad's having a sex change. Oh, whoa. <laughs> no idea. I knew the bear trap was coming, but yeah. that was more intense. That was closer yeah, to I, home. I mean, I, I know his dad. Like, he went to our church and, like, I what mean, are you gonna do, but man? again, you're at 67, whatever, however old, however old he is. You want to do that? Well, you know, like I said, yeah, dude, more power. Whatever to makes him. you happy. It's going to make him happy. Yeah, right yeah. on. And his wife is going to stay with him, her, it, whatever he wants to be, I guess. Uh, but I, you know, I did, we never did circle back around and have the awkward conversation with, Ju with my buddy, Justin, where I was like, dude, sorry, I didn't know about, you know, the, the family stuff, but it just goes to show you it's so widespread from Sam, who's, uh, six to my buddy's dad, who's 66. I don't know. Uh, it's crazy. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm glad you held on to that one didn't share it with me before the call <laughs> and my my brother Ooh. and dylan wrote together and they're like oh we got to tell cable like we need to tell him so he doesn't say something but like it was before even like the first t-box that it had already the bomb had already been how, how well they know you <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah oh, man oh wow. uh, you know the, the part that i think <laughs> i guess for about a millisecond probably surprised me the most was that you know that the wife was gonna write it out actually I, I think that's that's wonderful i mean those people have been sure. together for a really long time and they love each other as humans and maybe this wasn't a secret whatever but i also think like they're almost 70 so yeah. well this is his second wife just to so it's not my, it's not my buddy justin's mom okay but they have been married for i don't know oh, a decade. yeah they've been together a long time right yeah is she well all I was getting at was um, good for her. She may not be missing out on anything in the bedroom at that age. You know, it's yeah. kind of like maybe it's just sort of a roommate now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway. Um, Man. So it, fun, it was a fun Monday. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it is very illustrative of what I've struggled with for a while, especially since January. And that is how much of any of these things that we get ourselves so worked up about are really going to like are really affecting my actual existence on a day to day life. But the truth is they're coming closer to home every day. Uh, and mm -hmm. that's just all there is to it. I, uh, guy I go to church with, I'm really close to, he's got a daughter who's a freshman at, uh, Texas state and she flunked a quiz a few couple, three weeks ago that was sprung on them. And it was all about listing out all the different gender pronouns. 
what oh yeah my god yeah yeah you saw the video of the, ask, uh, like what class and i mean anyway the teacher uh that i posted on our justified pursuit uh instagram who was playing on his phone this curriculum it was i'm sure in california and he stopped it and he was like listen people and this was like in front of a you know a school board meeting he's like there are two pronouns that we need to be in teaching our kids uh he or she you know him her male female whatever he's like this is a educational system not a political indoctrination camp yeah that's, that's where he's wrong that is where he's wrong well that's he's, uh, not, he's not wrong it's how it, it should be but yeah yeah no i know there, there there's there's utopia which would be that we would just teach the kids you know arithmetic and uh, you know their letters and whatnot and then there's reality and the reality is it's an indoctrination program and if you watched last night's presidential address which i didn't <clears throat> but i heard about it already uh they want to mandate you know a federal education program that begins at three now so your three four year old would go to instead of just daycare to a did you, did you catch that I didn't see that. Yeah, yeah. So, so one of the proposals in uh, Biden's FDR style, you know, remake of America, is that we would add two years of, you know, federally backed, federally funded, which means federally overseen uh, education on the tail end of high school. So, like, basically free junior college for two years, and two years on the front end, preschool. Um, and you know, the people who I was listening is going to pay for this shit. Who's going to pay for this indoctrination? China. Jeez, dude. I think, I mean, I don't know. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm glad you that, don't have uh, to pay for it. It's modern monetary theory. You just print more money and mm -hmm. you know, that's how you create equity. Cause everybody's dollar becomes worthless. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't matter if you've got a million of them or five of them, they're all not worth shit and we're all broke. And then, we're in utopia. Yay. Jeez. <laughs> uh, so also uh, coming out of, uh, I hate that so much of our conversations stem from California, but it's so relative. Dude, as go count. When you, what's when you think about yeah. people like Joe Rogan who have fled it and who I in our old neighborhood, I'm like looking at the people that rent on the houses on either side of the house that we own, California transplants. Uh, you know, it's they're they're fleeing, um, and they're fleeing for a lot of reasons. You know, um, but going back to uh, the uh, Santa Monica school curriculum, uh, they are trying to implement a part of high school. The kids wouldn't be allowed to graduate without having one year of ethnicity training courses, and so this doctor Joseph you mean racist training. Right, exactly. This this Dr. Joseph DeSalvo, who identifies as a liberal Democrat, he spoke out against it, which is surprising. Boy, right? Yeah, that's that's what a liberal would do. Right, real liberal. Um, but he he spoke out against it, saying, "You know what? Going back to that, this isn't an indoctrination camp; it's an education system." He spoke out against it, and dude, they they like silenced, canceled him. I don't know that he lost his 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 uh, his status as a board member of their uh, school board, but 
Um, there's a bunch of articles on it. I su- suggest people check that out. Um, it's pretty damning, man. And and but I was you know good for Joseph for 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 speaking out against it as a as a Democrat. That's that's not easy because then here's the result: you're canceled. Don't bother. yeah. No, I mean you know certainly it's it's one thing for people who lean right people who had called themselves Republicans, people who are from Florida or Texas to take a stand. It's another thing for, you know, an educator in California. You don't even have to label them liberal Democrat. An educator in California to take a stand is, you know, career suicide and hell, maybe actual suicide. End up. No. It doesn't seem like we're long, you know, we're too far away from them really starting to get violent. Um, maybe they have already. That's a... <clears throat> side note um it brings me back to something i thought about a second ago when you mentioned that the transgender debate is like a microcosm of leftism mm-hmm. uh, another way that it is is illustrated by this story is that you're not allowed to have a difference of opinion or belief or view Mm-mm. right you're, you're just not like it's it's hilarious to me that the people who have always identified as liberal are on board with this idea that all 330 million of us have to believe the exact same thing. Yeah. You know, that's, you know, I don't, you know, what call- made this country, the great, the greatest country in the history of mankind was that ability to be free thinking and to not have repercussions. If you said something that even the vast majority of people disagreed with. So, right. but now you can't do that. So, yep. uh, yeah, I mean, that's why it's its own religion, right? I mean, by and large, you're you're generally talking about. Ooh, speaking of that, I'm gonna make a note real quick. You're generally talking about, you know, certainly people who you know don't go to church. Most of them would identify it, it you know, best agnostic, and and a lot of them would identify as atheists. I'm talking about you know the mm-hmm. the hard the hard left, right? Um, Godless. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, some which of is why it's so easy to say, "Hey, six year old kid." Uh, I know you have a penis, but you ever thought that maybe you are a girl? Uh, yeah, or or nine month old fetus. We're mm-hmm. gonna tear you limb from limb and sell your parts. Um, they they don't. Hell, oh, I lost my train of thought. That's okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, and oh yeah, the the idea that they're they're godless. They're you know, even some of them may call themselves spiritual, right? Well, those are probably the ones that are the most susceptible to this we all have a a hole in our soul that needs to be filled with some sort of belief structure right Mm. atheists Uh, did i have said this on the show yet there's nobody more evangelical more just demanding that you hear them tell you about their beliefs than an atheist right uh i would say maybe a vegan but other than that, (laughs) okay fair fair but (laughs) same thing same thing probably the same person (laughs) often right but but it's the exact same concept right there are these everybody who doesn't fill their spiritual cup with something you know well with anything right it's it's it 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 has to be filled with something something Mm -hmm. so it's either filled with an absolute you know uh conviction that there's no god or an absolute conviction that you know the biggest you know, problem in America right now is transgender rights or an absolute conviction that if you eat meat, despite the fact that you've got pointy teeth to tear flesh, 
you're uh, evil and contributing to climate change, climate change itself, we're all going to die despite, I don't know if you've seen, but Ted Cruz hammered the Sierra Club last year in a Senate hearing about the fact that in the last two decades, satellite satellite monitoring of global temperatures show there hasn't been any any change in the average temperature of the planet. When and he asked this guy from the Sierra Club, and the guy just, just sat there, wouldn't answer the question. He's like, if there's climate change, why isn't the temperature changing? And he was like, he, t- he talked to somebody, like a, like a lawyer, he kind of turned to the side. I need to remember that. I need to keep this mic in front of me. Huh. Turned to the side. He was like, we just, we just don't agree with that. And that, that Senator Cruz right. was like, that's fine, but it's true. So why don't you at least try to explain what you do believe and how your beliefs are relevant at all? Somewhere Al Gore's yeah. counting his millions and millions of dollars laughing at everybody. He's probably on his private jet as we speak. And he's probably flying it right next to, uh, what's his name? Our new... Uh, climate czar uh john Kerry, they're probably flying next to each other and both of their planes are half empty so that nobody contracts COVID. yeah probably so <laughs> one of the same probably place so. iran to rat out the israelis did you see that story i saw that we had like engaged in uh, uh firing what did we fire missiles at some kind of um iranian was it a submarine or aircraft Actually, I didn't see that one. That's we, uh, yeah, we we engaged in. I think it was Iran. Um, we're gonna have to fact check this because I, I wasn't I wasn't prepared to bring this up, uh, and clearly don't have all the facts in order. But yeah, I don't remember us ever getting into any kind of uh, military altercation with Trump in office, which was like his one of the things that he did that was so amazing was we didn't go to war. Yeah, even people who are ripping him always kind of have to throw in there, well, he never goes into a new war. No, but the story I was talking about was some high-ranking Iranian official who just resigned mm. claims that John Kerry, um, maybe when he was Secretary of State under Obama, mm-hmm. was divulging top-secret oh, Isra- okay. Israeli military movements to Iranian officials. Wow. So, So turning over one of our staunchest allies, of course, they weren't really an ally under Obama, uh, turning over, you know, top secret military maneuvering uh, to their sworn enemies. So I, thanks, it's thanks amazing to me how the left can just get away with murder. Hillary, there's no doubt in my mind, has done unthinkable, unspeakable things, probably deserves to be in jail. Uh, then you've got well, just Hunter Biden. For, take him for example, like how that was just not a thing leading up to the election. Uh, then you've got this John Kerry deal. Uh, what are some of the other ones that are just so egregious that, I mean, here, and then here we are trying to impeach Trump twice on the other end of the deal. Like for what? Uh, they, and they made up the whole Russian collusion thing, which has been proven. Like <laughs> just the, the, the spell of deception that, the left has cast on half the country blows my mind, man. You know, last week when we were talking, I know what it was Cuomo just ushering people into nursing homes and, and for them to basically sentencing them to death, but then fudging the stats, making it look like he didn't really do it. And here's your Emmy. Here's your Emmy. (laughs) Dude, this year we're, we're now at the end of April this year in February, he got accused by a parade of women 
of sexual assault, it seemed inevitable that, and this was actually, you know, this was coming from quote, the mainstream media, like when they realize they have a problem, they'll mobilize all of their forces, primarily the media to eliminate the problem. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, um, uh, that former Saturday night live comedian, uh, that was a Senator that got run during the me too movement. Um, uh, I don't know. Yeah, he brought up uh, Saturday Night Live. That's interesting, though, because I don't see any real. They made fun of Biden once when he fell up the stairs three times. But other than that, they basically leave the guy alone and he's a freaking goldmine for comedy. I mean, they could make fun. I don't understand. They, Trump does one thing and they're like, boom, you know. Uh, well, I do understand. I know why. It's because they're all um, you know, they're all leftists and owned by. I mean, the entertainment. Yeah, well, and, and, basically and runs the Democratic Party now, them and big tech. So whatever. I would imagine that their core audience is probably at this point, you know, mostly old boomers. Mm. And so, you know, making fun of a senile old boomer who, oh, old boomer lefties in particular, right? So making fun of an old senile boomer lefty probably wouldn't get a lot of laughs. Have you ever fallen <laughs> up the stairs? I, dude, it, <laughs> it's probably the most impressive thing he's done as president, right? Because it's like defying, it's defying physics. It was... No, three times. Answer your question. Incredible, yeah. absolutely <laughs> incredible. Um, okay, so the uh, the only other thing that I had here of note. Uh, did, go ahead if you wanted to add something there. Uh, just a quickie. It was uh, relevant to. Well, I have two more things before we get into the long the long talk. But um, another story I stumbled on. Um, one of the podcasts I was listening to, are you aware at all about the big schism in the Methodist church, speaking of church and uh, LGBTQ stuff? No, which is <clears> but I grew up, which is weird because I am now, uh, I go to a Methodist church now, but we have not gone back to church. We haven't gone to church since COVID. We started yeah. watching it online for like the first six weeks. And then it was just a struggle and shame on us because the kids need to be in church since they're, you know, they go to public school um they need to have that and we need to do a better job so we will be going back to church soon but i mean church was closed for forever anyway yeah yeah dude uh, you know it was make, and the kids didn't want to watch it on tv i yeah, i've barely been to church this year because of turkey season so don't right. feel bad i've been you know and in, in, engaged in the church but i've been you know at least a half a dozen times probably it doesn't matter um i mean it matters but don't feel like you have to apologize for it we all get it right the i grew up methodist and was confirmed as a Methodist in fifth grade. Um, it was over five years ago. It's probably going on like 10 now hmm. that this schism began. Uh, and that's actually like, that's where the word comes from, right? Like the word schism is actually comes from old Latin when like the, you know, original, original Roman Catholicism broke off from what ended up becoming uh, Orthodox, Orthodox Christianity, I guess. Anyway, and when they moved, you know, they ended up with like two popes and moved the uh, capital of Rome to Constantine. Little nugget for the day, but um, the, the the schism was based on LGBTQ issues, particularly gay marriage. Right? Um, the the actual doctrine, the written doctrine, it's called like the code of conduct or something like that of the Methodist Church, is that um, first of all, they don't, they wouldn't, you know conduct or, or recognize a gay marriage you know <clears throat> i'm just reporting it i'm not 
you know, I'm just reporting it. My stance has always been, you just don't let the government tell the church what to do, but the church is up free to make their own decisions as far as I'm concerned. Um, but it's, it's definitely not part of Methodist doctrine. And then they also have this provision that, that basically anybody who's an open, uh, homosexual can't serve in their clergy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where I guess the schism began a lot of Methodist churches and more progressive liberal cities in San Francisco in particular started, um, you know, hiring, um, gay and lesbian people. <clears throat> and that then started to push the LGBTQ agenda towards, okay, well, our church needs to recognize these marriages, conduct these marriages, et cetera. And so, like I said, now there's, there's actually a formal divide. I think after almost a decade of infighting a year, maybe two ago, it was decided that the church would split. And so they're like in that process now. Um, and so that I was listening to this uh, little quickie podcast that I usually check out in the mornings. It's a faith-based podcast about current events. Anyway, they were going through all that and they pointed, they point, they brought this video. They, they played this, I guess they played audio. Uh, and I looked it up afterward of uh, there's a, transgender um not not transgender a he's a he's i guess he's just a gay man but he's a drag queen uh in illinois mm-hmm. i would assume it's probably a chicago suburb i didn't look the town up uh, it's almost got to be a chicago suburb but a methodist church in illinois has a and like a 22 year old kid is the head pastor at this church Mm. And, he, and he dresses in drag on Sundays. I have more of an issue with the 22-year-old part. That, that is not I know. <clears> one that <throat> I'm looking at to be like layers. a spiritual right. leader. Uh, and I don't care if it's male or female, uh, but 22 – has he even graduated seminary? Like, are there no rules now with the in the new sect of the church? Uh, this is like, this is like uh, 1885. They're certainly rewriting so, them. Seminary man. didn't exist, and just regular yeah. old John down the road became the uh, the local pastor, and that's just what it was. Like, like, dude, again, you want to dress like a woman, whatever, man, cool. But at church, I, like, it makes that a focal point, right? Yeah. It, it makes him the focal a focal point. point right not god yeah it makes a scene it makes it makes cross-dressing a focal point and lgbtq a focal point and the focal point should absolutely be god and family right. it normalizes right? cross-dressing and you've got i don't know what the congregation is like it might all be uh lgbtq whatever uh but if there are impressionable young kids there as a parent i, I wouldn't be taking my kids to that church i don't know who would that's insanity insanity yeah it's it's gross it is uh it's performative is my problem right again i don't want any of i don't want my kids to be bigoted towards somebody who's different right Mm -hmm. or you know flamboyant or lgbtqrsx you know whatever but the focus in a church should be on the mission right right it shouldn't be on this other stuff and you know what if they want to throw in there once a quarter a message about you know love and acceptance i'm all for that because that's definitely christian right yeah which i think we need to just uh, if people listen to the show we need to reiterate uh, they probably are aware but 
the things that we criticize it doesn't mean we hate these people they probably a lot of them i feel like have a lot of hate in their hearts towards people like us that call a spade a spade and that don't just fit in with uh, the masses and you know put our head down and just you know grunt and take it say uh yes yes we are going to do what you tell us and we're i, I mean may have another but we don't love is the key right well, just to reiterate right. love you brought up love <laughs> Uh, one other funny thing Henry said whenever that kid Sam yelled at me, you know, the hey, Frankie and Stella's dad. Uh, Henry looked at me and he goes, Dad, that was the most ridiculous thing I've heard. Oh <laughs> boy. <laughs> and we've never had a conversation. I mean, he's eight. We haven't, this hasn't come up. Right. He just was like, right. that is ridiculous. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yep, he lives in a house with two sisters, so he certainly knows that. Yeah. Doesn't, how, how would that even happen? Right, yeah. Yeah. You have more, and I've got one more. Uh, yeah. Go with yours. Okay, yeah. So, uh, also coming out of uh, California, and I believe this is, I don't want to say it's the Los Angeles School District, but it's somewhere in that area. I just can't remember. Uh, but the, uh, let me ask you, do you think that? A fundamental right, fundamental human right would be something like access to cable TV or the Internet or, oh, I don't know, um, name something like a, a cell phone. Do you think that that's those are fundamental human rights? No. <laughs> OK, well, California, this, this school district is is meeting right now to determine whether High-speed broadband internet access is a fundamental human right. Yeah. I will say this. I don't have a great reaction because you did prep me on this one, but uh, it it's something that I think everybody should have access to, right? I mean, it's... Sure, we'll uh, go to the library. Here, that doesn't mean that you don't get to have it in your house, right? I mean, like... Right. Because sure, it costs that's, money. That's what I mean. It costs money. It isn't free. Right. And so then you got to give them a computer and then you got to make sure that computer gets maintained and replaced as necessary. Right. And, you know, more handouts. Dude, I mean, just more handouts. It's not workable at all. And again, a beautiful example of the fairy tale land that left us live in. How's it going to work? Right. You want to burn down our system because it's fundamentally racist. What are you going to replace it with? That's better. Yeah, you know, something I've been thinking about lately. I know we've had to have talked about this, but you know, Marx didn't beat around the bush about the fact that a bloody revolution was necessary to usher in his utopia. Anybody who hears hears one of these, say, you know, BLM uh, founders describe themselves as a, a trained Marxist or in any way voice support for Marxism. You need to keep that in mind. They're not just talking about, you know, passing out rations and trying to convince us all through. <laughs> like, clearly, they're not trying to convince us through love and reason to follow them into hell, right? Oh, I mean, look at Stalin. Look at Hitler. Look Dude, at and Mussolini. again, but that comes from the original. Th those people were just carrying out the mission as originally described. Mm. It's, a, it's a fact. And not only that. But guess after so so step one is a violent revolution usually led by like kids, right? Because they've been brainwashed. <clears throat> Look around. Mm. 
Step two is you need a dictatorship to stabilize your new future utopia for a period of time until the people are ready to re-inherit, right? So what happens between step two and step three? Death. The dictator, that's right. Everybody who wouldn't be down with the program has to go so that when step three comes along, it's like-minded folks left. Guess Mm -hmm. what's never happened? No one's ever reached step three, no matter how many people they kill, no matter how many people they starve, no matter how many people they beat and imprison, we never make it to step three. That's a fact. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, like, you know, when leftists say, yeah, well, the, the, the Soviets didn't get it right and the Maoists didn't get it right, they're lying to you. And they're able to get away with it because none of us read that crap. But Marx wrote it. Yeah. But kill him. All there is to it, right? You got to overthrow the bourgeoisie. You got to replace all the productive people with the oppressed people. And then somebody has to figure out how to grow the food. Mm-hmm. Have, I, have I talked about on the show where I have actually seen real racism, like in my life, like where one, when I was 15 years old, I was on a mission trip um, to the Dominican Republic. And um, my mom was doing dental work there. And so we were doing, you know, basically I was playing, it was so cool. I was playing baseball in the barrio with Dominican kids who live and breathe the sport. I mean, it's their national sport. Yeah. And so we're playing baseball game and there's latrines running down. This is the barrio. I mean, these people have nothing. There's dirt floors, shacks. They live in shacks. Yeah. There's probably like 50,000 people in the Dominican Republic yet somehow like, you know, there's, 60,000 of them playing <laughs> right. professional baseball on some level. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so anyway, wonderful experience. And I, and I went on three trips there and became friends with the adopted son of the pastor of the church that basically was like our liaison, our, our church, our partner in this mission work. And his name was Wilson. And he was black because he was Haitian. And Haiti shares the island of, you know, the smaller than the state of Oklahoma. This island's not a big place. And they share the island with Haiti. It's split in the middle. The Haitians are black. They're more of like some kind of French Creole ancestry. And the Dominicans are Hispanic looking. The Dominicans hate, and I mean hate, the Haitians. And I didn't know what racism was as a 15-year-old kid. You know, I go there and I became friends with this kid, Wilson who we're, we're still friends on Facebook, um, you know, almost 30 years later. Cool. Uh, he lives in Toronto now, but he's dark-skinned, and we are staying at the last part of the uh, mission trip, like the last two nights, we're staying in a all-inclusive place, resort. Very nice. You know, it was kind of like, okay, this is coming to an end. We're going to spend the last two nights here. And I invited him to stay with us. Uh, it, he, he didn't live in the barrio. You know, his dad was the pastor. They were they were fine by all means, you know, Dominican um, middle-class people. So we're walking in and the security guard stops us and they say, this kid is black. He cannot come in here. And this is, to me, it looks like a Hispanic. Well, all I knew at the time was Mexicans. I was like, oh, this Mexican looking guy is telling me that my black friend can't come into the resort that I'm staying at. And my mom was like, basically the whole mission team got like if he doesn't come in then we're not staying here we're leaving yeah, awesome dude awesome and they were i was they teaching were like, my boys at tribe last night about how desperately we need people to take a stand against this stuff 
yeah. for the right reasons. So, so anyway, they finally, he, he got a supervisor and they finally said, okay, he can come in. But I, you know, as a 15 year old kid, I was like something I had never seen or experienced. We don't have that in the United States. No, this, what is going on today? I was talking to my neighbor. He was like, man, he works from home. He said he's been on so many racial sensitivity meetings in his company of 12,000 people in the last year that it blows his mind. Like, he's like, we don't have this racism. Pro- it's it, you, you guys are making the problem. It, it wasn't, it wasn't a thing. Like we have, we had, we just had a, a, an African-American president for God's sakes. Like we have come so far. Look around the world, dude, there's real racism. I'm hunting in South Africa in February. One of the guides, I shoot an animal on the neighbor's property. We have to leave. We have permission um actually we called to just make sure because no one had hunted in a year because of covid <laughs> and the guy called to make sure it was still cool with his neighbor and he's like why are you calling me he's like well i just want to make sure so anyway shoot the animal we have to leave the property or cross a river to go get it so we decide to drive out of our property and go all the way around his and we drive by this house and he's not an outfitter he just owns the land uh i said is this is this his ranch house is this where he stays and one of the guide says no that's a will be house and i said what what is a will be house and he goes if you live there you will be doing what i'm saying meaning that's where the black people live that is racism my friend and it is rampant in all corners of the globe you know where it's not here not saying that there isn't there racism racism doesn't exist but not to that degree and you have to look really hard to find that kind of stuff it's just it you know i don't think people in america are inherently racist, like we're being told that we are. Um, I've seen racism, and and it isn't here. Yep. Um, to the degree we, that we're we, being right, told we, it is. Right. We know that it exists. We know there are definitely racist people. But to your mm-hmm. point, like anybody who <laughs> anybody who talks like that gets you know shouted down, and and that was before this current movement, right? Like it wasn't right. okay to talk like that. You no. Know? And it hasn't been for a long time and but now that we but came now from the in the name mlk to where we are now and suddenly we're more racist now than we were 50 right. years ago is just effing ass backwards and it's not reality yep. my brother who's the millennial even tell like i've said on the show before he tells me oh we've made so much progress okay well then what happened in the last two years to make all of that shit just no longer reality yeah uh i mean worse yet you know, they're segregating people for race training uh, from the left, right? And they're, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Uh, so anyway, <laughs> no, no, uh, high-speed broadband is not a fundamental human right. <laughs> yeah, like I said, uh, you know, having, making it somehow available, I do think is important. Uh, oh, but if I'm not mistaken, you said the sort of the premise, I think I read the article myself too, the, the, the premise was like, oh, because not having it created a disparity during the, you know, school shutdowns this last year. And it's like, how about you just open the friggin' schools back up? Right. Teach these kids in person, chicken shits. Yeah. Kids are fine. These, you know, these, these teachers, you saw that Uh, when we talked to uh, Michael Hunter last week and he said that his 11 year old kid was just on the ground crying because he was depressed. 11 year old son. That's in Toronto, Canada. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I can I absolutely mean, it, believe it. Yeah, that's I mean, that's what happens. That's what happens. You want? Uh, I think I've said this too before, but you want a surefire way to further the divide between the haves and the haves nots in this country. 
let Gavin Newsom shut down your entire state school system and keep sending his kids to a private school. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He got recalled. I don't know what will happen with that, but uh, I did read he finally got recalled. Yeah, yeah, no, it's official. They they, they called the votes the best they could and still had too many to to deny it. (laughs) My my last note, and then we'll move on to uh, police reform, is going to hit near and dear to your heart. Um, so I've mentioned several times the youth group that I'm, uh, helping lead, uh, at church. So in the summer, they have historically done a, a big, um, like retreat trip, uh, specifically to a place in the Santa Fe national forest slash Pecos wilderness area. Philmont? Uh, no, it's called, uh, it starts with a G, um, that's Glor- okay. Glorietta. Oh, Glorietta. Yeah. That's where yeah, have you so been there? I grew up Southern Baptist. Glorietta was like owned by the Southern Baptist convention. Okay, cool. Uh, that resort there. Yeah. Yeah. So I it's have pretty awesome. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, we, I wasn't going to be able to go cause it's the same week as our family vacation to the river. Um, anyway, I got a video message from our youth pastor this morning that he sent out to the leadership team that, um, they had been they had called the folks at glorietta had called to inform him that the governor of new mexico i think this may be today mm-hmm. or late yesterday uh confirmed that uh first they they'd had an ongoing discussion because there was glorietta didn't even know if they were going to be able to have camp mm-hmm. right have camps like it was not a given i guess at this point they're still close they still don't have recreational uh activities like that available in new mexico and so the first question was, are we even going to be able to host you guys? Um, so I guess this, what, what they got was, yep, confirmation, you know, we'll be able to have these types of camps in New Mexico. However, masks will be required indoors and outdoors 24 seven, all the time you're there all across the state. Outdoors. Oh, so I'm not out- going to go to that. Outdoors. Outdoors. Yeah. Masks. Oh, yeah. Outdoors. And well, surely, surely you saw this week or last week, I guess, that Biden said, hey, guess what? <laughs> you know, we've been telling y'all keep double masking even if you've had your vaccine, but you guys can take your, ma- if you've been vaccinated, you can take your masks off outside now. Right, right. How about, I'm just not going to wear a mask outside at all, period, Ever, no matter what. Because it's stupid. Because it's stupid and it's unscientific yeah. and Bill Maher slapped all the leftists around with that two weeks ago. It's it's one of these things that makes me think I must, I'm, I must be schizophrenic. I must be insane. Because this can't be real. Right. I have to be imagining all this. I, I am real, right? I'm Which real. I told you this, this when happening. I was bear hunting there in um, October and I'm walking around Taos. Yeah. I told you, like, it was so, it was like I stepped into this other world, like, okay, Texans, yeah, we don't want to wear masks, but we're going to do it and we're going to comply because m- maybe it is helping um, curb the spread. What do they call it? We got to. We got to, um, yeah, the terminology, flat, flat, they, flatten, the, flatten curve. the curve, right? Yeah. Flatten the curve. There you go. I can't believe I forgot it. I've heard it so much over the last 14, 15 months, but yeah. Okay. We're, we're wearing our masks here, but we're doing it inside and that's, that's it. Like if you're walking around and breathing fresh air, which is good for you, the mask never even would have crossed my mind, but in Taos, New Mexico in October, everyone's walking around outside wearing a mask. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? And I'm not doing yeah. that. So write me a ticket if you want to. But it's not like I really have any, I don't want to talk to these people. It's not like I'm going up and have a conversation. I'm just walking from my hotel 
to a place to get a hamburger and a beer, and I'll be damned if I'm going to wear a stupid mask in the process. But hey, you like should said, keep doing that. They, you know, it, when do it, we it, just say fuck you? No, fuck you. Uh, no, we're not doing that. Yesterday, last month, um, like August of last year, like this time last year. Yeah. When the study from at this point, it's uh, what is today? It is the 29th of April. We're recording this, and it was April 20th, 21st of last year when the. You know, country of Italy released a report saying that the average age of death was sing was seventy eight years old, and everybody has comorbidities. Like, uh, anyway, um, I was super proud of our youth pastor because he basically made the executive decision in his video he sent us. He was like, "So that's not going to work," and I'm looking for a place in Texas. And I was like, "At a boy." So, in a Christian way, he said, "F you no to New Mexico." Yeah. Yeah. Like, hey man, you know, Gloria is awesome. Sure would have liked to have come, but. Um, we're not going to make it where our kids wear masks outside. It's stupid, pointless, um, detrimental to their health, health and well-being. Like that's the thing. I, I saw, <laughs> I saw some. I heard that um, some lady it was either Susanna Guthrie, Savannah, not Susanna, Savannah Guthrie or Joy Reid. There were stories about both of them with regard to mask discussions in the news here in the last week. But one of the two pointed out something to the effect that, you know, kids have actually just sort of really come, they, they sort of just really accept and they don't have any problem with the mask. It's mostly adults who have an issue with it. <laughs> That's bad. That is mind control. That's that, bad. That's, That's right. If the kids are perfectly okay doing stupid crap because they're told to, we have a problem. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it, it, it's only going to get worse. I mean, don't yeah. get me wrong. I, I tell my kids to do things all the time and say, because I told you so, right? But there's almost but, always a rational basis for it. Yeah. <laughs> almost always. There's no rational basis for being masked outside. <laughs> right, right. Um, okay. Police reform, something that's been in the news for, well, the last 11 months. Year. Yeah. Solid 11 uh, months. And, and here's the thing I don't have a problem with police reform in some aspect you know i mean like if people are are egregiously abusing their power yeah i i think it's more of an individual basis though i mean there's good cops just like there and there's bad cops just like there's good people bad people good lawyers bad lawyers doctors there's I mean, good people it. who do bad Everything. things in, in certain circumstances and you know bad people who can do yeah. good things in certain circumstances yeah right it's complicated but the yeah. you know the gross uh approach of hey we need sweeping police reform across the country um it, it seems absurd to me especially defunding the police which i think we've mentioned on the show uh in the places where they've done that murder rates and violent crime rates have gone through the roof who would have thought Five, There's no six, cops. Seven X worse. And- wow, that's amazing. Who would have ever thought that violent crime would go through the roof if you took away the damn cops? I don't know, but apparently <laughs> it did. <laughs> Send in a social worker. So San Antonio, Texas. Uh, it's Proposition B. Correct is the name of yep. the proposal. Prop B. Voting yeah. on it next week. Okay. So you told me to research this yesterday, and you wanted to like get my opinion on it without us having a conversation. So I, I go and I'm thinking, okay, this is just going to be some stupid defund the police thing. We know how this is going to end. More crime. 
more businesses vandalized, more game stops looted. Okay. See the writing on the wall. No, I go and read this and I'm like, okay. Um, kind of making a little sense here. Apparently the San Antonio, uh, police department has a very strong union, which they use to their advantage in determining, uh, discipline, uh, disciplinary action against officers in determining, um salaries funding everything they use it as the you know it's their bargaining chip they use with the city uh so i i was a little skeptical but i walked away from it thinking um yeah this is pretty stupid and then to certainly worth talking about right right and then and then and then to come to find out dallas houston austin do not do it that way because i didn't you know i honestly was ignorant on how uh on the behind the scenes semantics of how police departments are run whatever i didn't know they were unionized um and they're not in those other in the other three major cities in texas i saw i think they still have unions but they don't have collective bargaining rights and that's a real subtle distinction but it basically keeps the kind of the weight of the bargaining power on the side of the city versus okay um you know the the union really having like all all the say yeah yeah the weight of, of yeah. the power yeah. right yeah so which yeah, to so, me makes sense because the city is the employer but hey right god forbid the employer be the one to tell you what to do well i guess in some aspects that that like my buddy then my neighbor uh his employers are trying to make him go woke so i guess you know it, it's kind of it goes both ways but uh yeah. So, so anyway, prop, prop B, um, I walked away from it and told you yesterday, I was like, yeah, I think that, uh, initially I was pretty skeptical, but it seems like it should be the way that most police departments and negotiations with the city should take place, how they should take place. Yeah. So I, I did some more reading since we talked about it briefly yesterday and it, it's, it's really complex. Um, there's a few things about it that I wanted to highlight. The first yeah. is it came on my radar because I don't I don't live in San Antonio proper, right? You know, I live north of San Antonio in a small town, uh, but it's close. It's like 25 miles to downtown, right? So we're certainly, uh, you know, very close to the furthest outskirts of San Antonio. Incidentally, like San Antonio is geographically one of the, I think it's the biggest city in the nation geographically. They drew their perimeter boundary like way, way out, um, you know, where like, you know, Houston you know, once you're at the outer loop of Houston, there's lots of different uh, townships, zip codes and stuff. And then oh, same with um, same with Dallas. You know? Yeah, I mean, DFW Plano, is McKinney. 50 different cities. Right. Yeah. But San Antonio goes all the way to the outer 1604 loop. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so it's the outer loop is very close. Eight miles from me. Um, anyway, so but because I don't listen to local radio and I don't live there in the city, I had actually noticed there's a say no to prop B sign at our Home Depot, which I don't know why it's there because I'm pretty sure we can't vote on it. But um, maybe people come up to our Home Depot from down there. Um, But I was at uh, lunch with a couple of guys from church the other day, uh, youth pastor being one of them, and he lives down in San Antonio. And it came up and I asked him, I don't know what that is. And he said, well, it's a defunding the police, uh, uh, you know, proposition. Which is what I assumed it was just by, you know, a little snippet. Right. And, and, but that's in part by design. That's kind of my point, right? Is that what you just outlined 
it's it's not defunding the police. No, it's not. It's it's changing the way they bargain with the city. And in fact, when you really dive into it, there's like two statewide uh, laws that cities can adopt. Right. So they're not like statewide mandates. They're like they're like uh, model rules that cities can adopt or not. Right. And so like the rule in question was adopted by the city of the citizens of San Antonio in like 1973, 74. Um, that's the one that this group's going after. Well, interestingly, like if they, if they win, it actually doesn't, they still continue collective bargaining. There's like multiple steps they're going to have to go through to get to a point where, um, what's that phrase that you mentioned yesterday? It's a uh, uh, confer, confer, right? Like where they would kind of want to see it go is to this, this, this program called meet and confer, which basically means the union would get to meet with city officials, but the city officials aren't obligated to actually bargain. So they kind of come in and they say, here's what we'd like. And they were, then the city can be like, well, here's what you get. Right. Uh, whereas collective bargaining, bargaining mandates that the city haggle as mm -hmm. sort of a layman's under, you know, general understanding of it. They can't get to meet and confer till they strike down like two of these things. And there's only one on the ballot right now. Right. But as you pointed out earlier, meet and confer is the law of the land in Dallas, Austin, Houston, all the other major cities, the only three cities in the state of Texas that have true collective bargaining rights between the police unions in the city are San Antonio, El Paso and Corpus Christi. Hmm. And all three of them are <laughs> very left of center cities. Uh, and as a you know former suburbanite of Corpus Christi, I can tell you at least that city has got its share of problems. Um, it's but terrible. anyway, Corpus Christi has a uh, a terrible crime rate, and also Red is one of the poorest cities uh, per capita in like in I think in the country. Dude, it's 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 pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, some of the things Big that they, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we can spend a whole another podcast beating up my hometown, but nah, um, right. yeah, love to go fishing uh, down there. At least we can go fishing when you're down there. Yep. Well, um, now it's a three fish limit because of snowmageddon. Yeah. Yeah. That's a drag. It's totally kind of gutted my interest in getting down there to fish this summer, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah. Plus the, uh, the snapper season is going to be a joke. Um, although it, it had gotten turned back on its head last summer too, but yeah, I think there's hope for snapper still, but, yeah. but anyway, I think it's like 60 days already, which is better than I think one year they gave us like two a weekend. So, <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> um, so anyway, the, it's it's just it, it's it's you would it's, think that right wing people not, would yeah. be like no we're not defunding the police this is stupid which was like my initial reaction you're like go look this thing up i'm like oh this is gonna be boring why am i doing this okay you go read it i'm like well, they have it all wrong to begin with like these people have all the power the police department there's no repercussions really for when these officers like, there's a list of the, in this article i read from I think it was uh, San Antonio Public, Texas Public Radio website was where I got the, the, the information. These A lot of these officers had been suspended or even fired. And then the union, they did what they do. They unionized and they got the people brought back on. And some of the like things they did were pretty egregious, yeah, like pretty. One in wow, particular. How did that guy not lose his job for real? Yeah. So, so the stat was like 69% of everybody over the last 20 years, I think that had been uh, suspended slash terminated by the San Antonio PD ultimately got reinstated. Right. Um, 
Now, you know, that's just a statistic. I don't have any, I don't have a lot of color to that to say, you know, but to your point, one particular example I read was like an officer handcuffs a guy and puts him in his squad car and oh, then starts yeah. cha- and then starts challenging him to a fight. Yeah. And he's like, let's just duke it out. Right. And he gets the dude back out of the car, uncuffs him and begs him to throw a punch at him. And the yeah. dude refuses to do it. So he cuffs him and he throws him back in the car. And supposedly the guy asks him, what am I even being charged with? And the guy's like, I don't know. I'll figure it out. I'll come up with something. Right. That dude doesn't need to be a police officer. No. Uh, period. And, like, and he also skipped period, step dude. one, where when you cuff someone, the first thing you do is call LeBron and ask what you're supposed to do next. <laughs> Very important. Oh, you got to call King James. See what he wants you to do. Oh, man. Uh, so yeah, so it's not really defunding the police at all. Uh, it seems it's like- not, but but to what you were getting at, like, but that's what the that's what the <laughs> that's what the police and the police union are calling it. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And why would they do that? Because that's to your point on the right side of the ledger. You know, making political hay. They've been <clears throat> the guy that introduced it to me is you know he's a Christian, right? So. Uh, his fundamental roots, I believe to be conservative, but he's definitely like me, uh-huh. um, aware of problems sensitive to him and kind of, you know, I guess liberal minded that, Hey, let's, let's work on solving them. Right. Um, he's not going to just default to really any narrative, but somehow he had gotten swooped. Like that's how he described it to me. Right. And I actually called him and I was like, dude, just so you know, this isn't what that is. And he's like, man, I had a feeling he's like, cause I'd kind of looked at it and you know, this guy's like 32. Mm-hmm. So I got eight years on him plus a lot of degree. Right. And, you know, he, he just a way to toot your own horn there. Well, I mean, he just he just hadn't he just hadn't like dove deep into it to fully understand it. Right. And uh-huh. yeah, my bad. <laughs> a little humble brag there, I guess. Yeah, um, it took me yeah. like, uh, oh, I, I'm, and I'm proud of you. It took me like seven years to graduate college, <laughs> you know, so yeah. and I still have this one recurring nightmare where I wake up in the middle of I think I might have told you this before, maybe on an elk trip or something, but. I wake up in the middle of the night because I have stopped going to my Spanish class and just like didn't go. And it's the same dream every time. Just I actually going. did that. But <laughs> but 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 I'm <laughs> supposed to graduate and I'm like going to my professor. I'm like, hey, you got to you got to help me here. She's like, you haven't been to class all semester. And then the, and then the dream usually ends and I. uh I wake up and the there's my beautiful wife laying there. I'm like, oh, thank God, this is not reality. It's just that same bad dream again. <laughs> Funny. So, um, he uh, and I'm like, hey, baby. Well, right. That's <laughs> <Yeah>. <clears throat> um, all I was getting at it was like, I know when I was 32, I didn't understand any of this crap, even with a law degree, mm. right? I had a totally different understanding of the world eight years ago than I have now. Um, so anyway, he had a sense there was sort of something up yet. He still sort of described it to me as that. And that's what, you know, another little note about the guy is he's from, well, he's kind of from all over the place. His dad was military and like spent a lot of time on the East coast as a kid, uh, graduated high school and spent, um, like college seminary, et cetera, in, uh, Colorado. So, you know, he certainly comes from a more, liberal democrat world to texas mm-hmm. in the last few years to be a youth pastor right so i think there's a little bit of him who's like you know th- where he's kind of like he doesn't want to just be fighting against the the current all the time right mm-hmm. um and, and and i don't think that 
on a personal level, he, he, he does. Like, and we were actually talking about this. He's like, dude, I, I love this place. He's like, this is what surprises him is that Texas is a live and let live state, right? Where everybody says, I'm going to live my life and raise my family the way I want. And you do whatever you want. And as long as the two don't conflict, we're good. Right. That he, he had this impression, media driven impression that it was a bunch of gun toting. Well, there, there's plenty of that. And awesome i like it um but there's but, really you know, not like gun toting okay Let, yeah the governors they're, they're working on a they're working on the constitutional right to carry that would i know i know but like, people think it. that like texans just because we have listeners like, like we're uh, riding our buddy in wisconsin yeah. that uh came on the show to talk about his uh encounter at the at his favorite watering hole yeah uh, you know people like that maybe think that in texas we're just walking around with guns on our hips like that is right. not I, I have a concealed carry permit and nobody ever sees it right nobody knows because i want them to know i'm getting we're getting off on a tangent um but when we passed open carry i was against it at the time Mm. because i thought it was going to be weird and to your point i've never seen somebody open carrying since then it's legal here nobody does i walked into walmart with a 45 (laughs) on my hip just to see what people would if anyone said anything no one said a word and I haven't done it since then. Right. But, but now it's a, it's a complete non-thing. And if you asked the yeah. leftists, they would think that we were all shooting each other. And yet that's Yeehaw. not the case. But anyway, so whatever, dude, like create your caricature of a far right extremist. That's what they try to paint Texans as. And he uh-huh. was pleasantly surprised to see that that's not how it is here at all. Right. And um, anyway, which is why so many people keep <clears throat> moving here. That it, exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess my point is, it's been portrayed as defunding the police and that's not what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, the governor, uh, who I really like, um, he's in, he's not perfect, but none of us are, you know, tweeted out, you know, San Antonio, San Antonians, we need a strong, you know, p- p- police force, protect the blue, say no to defunding the police. Uh, it, it, that's not what it is, dude. It's a legitimate discussion of how are the biggest thing that this group is advocating is exactly what you pointed out. And it's this question of accountability, man. I, I, I'm pretty sure if we go back to the first you know, dozen episodes of this show, I've said repeatedly, man, I, I want to see fewer people assaulted by the police, fewer unarmed people being killed by the police. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in a police state. I believe the police are necessary, but I think they need to be held to a far higher standard, generally speaking, than they often are. And, you know, you can look at some of the cases, particularly up in the mid in the Midwest, Minnesota's a d- dumpster fire when it comes to their policing. Also, a hardcore leftist state. <clears throat> um, like, what about the? Uh, I don't think we've talked about the lady, the, the cop who shot the the kid. Uh, right, going for her taser. Inexcusable, man. It wasn't right. murder, but. No. You know, so what would that be? Been fired. She should. I mean, she should never be a police officer again, man. The guy who no, challenged she, this guy to a fight. She probably will go to jail. To be frank with you, I mean. I mean, I yeah, it's hard to argue. It's not. But negligent that, homicide. Yeah. This isn't justifying what happened to the kid. Terrible. Nobody deserves that. Uh, but a lot of these situations happen because uh, you're running from the police. Why are you yeah. running from the police? Um, well, in the media, will tell you he was running because he's black. But the facts are. He had a warrant out for his arrest for, uh, I think he held up a lady at gunpoint and took her money, like took his rent or something. But that's why he had a, he had a felony warrant out for his arrest for aggravated robbery with a firearm. I believe is, do you, am I accurate here? 
Correct me if I'm wrong. Which one are we talking about? The one that the she, kid that just yeah, got yeah. shot. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely had a record. I don't know all the specific details. I guess. So, I guess. So I guess the now fundamental you're question: from the cops because of something else you've already another bad decision you've made in your life. Like yeah. it, it's pretty consistent. Very rarely does a person of any color just get shot by the cops. You're running from the cops. You're you have a record. You're trying to take oh, the cops dude, taser. The case. The cases you're are in the assaulting hundreds. Assaulting the police officer. Not like, even in the hundreds. The cases are, you know. Uh, I can't. Th- I don't remember if that was. I think it's nine. So I think it's nine unarmed uh, African American men were killed by cops last year in a country right. of 330 million people. Right. Uh, which is nine too many, but it's not like if you ask. Um, if you were to ask the average citizen, I just asked my neighbor when we were having this conversation outside. I said, "How many do? You, how many unarmed African American men do you think were killed by the cops last year?" He was like, 300. And I was like, no, it's like not. Yeah, like 80% of liberal Democrat states in the thousands. But if you watch the news, it's every day it's happening to 10. 10 of them killed every day. You know, that's like the, the – obviously, that's a gross exaggeration, but that's the message that's being put out there. Going, and it all goes back to that uh, systematic – Yeah, LeBron says they're being hunted. Systemic racism thing that, you know, like I experienced real racism in the Dominican Republic and in Africa. Like, it's, Yeah, it's, so, so, so to me uh, – when it comes to say that the, somebody running away, right, and their record and all that stuff, right, mm-hmm. to me the, it comes down to like a fundamental question of: so somebody has a record, they aren't clearly carrying, and they're running from the cops. This is different from you and I running away from the cops at a kegger <laughs> in college. Is it <laughs> honestly? Yeah. I, I'm not joking. It, like, it, it is because right? we 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 didn't have weapons, or you know, uh, we weren't yeah. confrontational. We're to, just running. To your point, there is a certain amount of information that a cop may have in any given situation when he shows up on the scene about the person in question, right? Uh, when they come up to bust a kegger, they don't know anything about any of these kids. Everybody's just running. But I'll I'm tell you this. Tell you this anecdote. Left would call here. that our privilege, right? And proof that our. I'll tell you about is- privilege. So, uh, to me, the question is: Are do do we are are we as a society supposed to be okay with the idea that an unarmed person might get shot in the back while fleeing, uh, even if they have a record? And I think that's a, that's a, I'm not taking a, I'm not necessarily taking a side on it in my utopia. It wouldn't be okay. And that person wouldn't, uh, I don't uh, disagree with you, but I don't think, uh, certainly the guy, well, at the, I, Wendy, the I, guy that, that pulled out the cop's taser at the Wendy's and turned around and tried to shoot him. He got yeah, shot in dude. the back, but he had turned around and was pointing a taser at the cops. You get, you deserve to get yeah, shot. That, no, that, that's a different You're going to get right? your ass that's, lit up. That's the cop that. being, that's the cop being assaulted. Uh, and if I recall correctly, yeah. that mayor, um, what's her name? I'm not going to think of it. Um, no. you know, she, I think her initial reaction to that was basically along those lines. Right. Yeah um let me tell you about the time i got my face put down in the ground by the cops i saw it Uh, no not that that was oh when i was uh intoxicated on a um fraternity float trip on the guadalupe river uh which you know young drunk and dumb make bad decisions uh but this was my next college stint and at north texas i was living with my brother um where I was going to Spanish class, actually, as it turns out, <laughs> unlike the bad dream. Nice. But I had a pellet gun, and I was sitting on the front porch cleaning it, and I was looking through. And I'm not going to say whether or not – this is before I was, like, hosted a hunting show and it, it did all this for a living. And 
before I even knew about conservation. I grew up fishing. I didn't grow up hunting. I got in a pellet gun and was like, there's a dove over there. Maybe I should shoot it and eat it. For sure it was during season. <laughs> I didn't even know what a season was back then, Chisholm. But uh, well, if I, it was during the school year, you had a pretty high chance it was during. Right. But anyway, <laughs> so next thing you know, uh, like four squad cars pull up to my house. And they put their guns on my chest. And, and, and the, the pellet yeah, gun is now yeah, inside. This story. It, the pellet gun is inside the house. I don't even, I'm, I'm, not, I'm unarmed. I'm just sitting on my front porch. And the cops now have like four cars. There's probably eight officers. I can see the lasers on my chest. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, what is going on here? They're like, get on the ground, MFR. I'm like, what? So anyway, I, I'm now laying down in the grass in my front yard in Maverick, my old lab that um, I got when we were in school together. Uh, he comes out and he's like not being friendly because he sees that I'm in yeah. this position. They're like, we'll shoot your dog. I was like, you better not shoot. You better not shoot my effing dog. It's like, I haven't done anything. They're like, someone said you had a rifle out here. We got calls from a neighbor saying you were pointing a rifle out here. I was like, I don't even own a rifle. <laughs> said, There's a Possibly, pellet gun sir. inside. Inside, There's a pellet gun. So they put me in handcuffs and they, anyway, they wrote me a ticket. Oh, my brother was asleep on the couch inside. This is the best part. He gets woken up to this deal. They drag his ass outside and put him on the ground. Only never cuffed Jansen, but uh, they certainly cuffed me. They didn't. They never got to the point where they, they threw me in the squad car or anything. But they were most unfriendly. Uh, didn't care what color my skin was and why was that? It was because they thought I had a rifle, right? So that's what they were trained to do. Uh, I don't. I thought it was over the top. Then I think it was more surprised, but. You know, if they legitimately thought this guy has a rifle and he's just pointing around outside, well, okay. Uh, they wrote me a ticket for firing an air gun off in the city limits. That's what they ended up writing me a ticket for. I went and defended myself in court, and uh, they had two neighbors there to testify against me. But they can't, a pellet gun isn't loud enough for them to confirm whether or not I shot it. So I just, and I'm not going to say on the air whether I did or not. Um, but I defended myself. They, the, one of the neighbors said, there's been dead raccoons in the culvert, like the drainage ditch around the house. I said, objection, Your Honor, that's circumstantial. She said, sustained, or whatever it is they say. At the end of the day, she let me off because they were like, well, I, you know, you clearly had a gun outside. That's not against the law. I don't know if you shot it or not. No one here can prove that you did, so you're free to go. So, anyway, nice. that was that story. But, my, you know, made me think about my one altercation with the police that wasn't so so uh friendly yeah um, and it, but you know that's because i had a what someone thought was a rifle outside if these uh cops feel like you know they're being threatened or whatever if they feel like violence violent force is justified well sometimes it is and so, it, oh 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 the perfect one that was recent the cop shot the girl that was trying to stab another girl and people were like oh he should I think this might be, this might be the Aziz Ansari moment of the defund police, defund the police movement. You know what I'm talking about? Does that make sense? The Aziz Ansari, like yeah, because Aziz Ansari got, got swept up in me too, and yeah. it turned out to be a huge crock of shit. Mm -hmm. He did some weird stuff, but the girl who made her allegations it was consensual. Knowledge that it all was a consensual, and she went along with the whole way, and that was like the first crack in the. It was for sure the first crack in the foundation, and I think. Honestly, I think the way they handled Kavanaugh was probably the, the death blow, but um, 
this deal with that girl. Oh, I think Kamala running with a guy who she said she believed the accusers of and Biden was the death knell for it. That's what I, my Oh, well, no, that was like, that was like beating the dead horse that, that it had been dead for a while and <laughs> take a golf club out and like, it's, you know, like decaying skeleton. But, uh. <clears throat> um, I, that is, you know, that, that's a good one. That guy, I don't think he's, I don't know what his status is. Um, uh, he will, there's no way that he can get prosecuted. He saved another girl's life from right, being I, stabbed. I, right. I, I think the mountain that, that they're making out of that is going to backfire. Um, I really do. It I, backfired on LeBron. A, I heard a statistic that you are uh, more likely to die from a stab wound than you are from a gunshot, too. Um, I would have to say that has to depend on the caliber of it think i mean you know like i I can tell you like if you shoot a broadhead through an animal and put it in the right place it's going to bleed way more profusely than a bullet wound will Mm -hmm. because just you know the difference in ballistics and sort of the more blunt force trauma style of tearing flesh versus like a good slice bleeds like a sieve but anyway um i've got a couple of examples i want to throw out there and then just sort of i'm gonna i'm gonna while we're still talking about this i want to come back to to you one sec so i got i just got banned from facebook again (laughs) <laughs> for uh you know did you ever watch the office yeah so jim from the office john krasinski i think he's his yeah. name so there's that meme you know where he he has the thing where he writes this it's like the um right and he's it's like it's like the uh crowder yeah. deals changed my yeah. mind yeah so i wrote or there was one that i posted on facebook it said if someone is stabbing me please shoot them <laughs> so i put that on facebook or I would appreciate you shooting them. Banned. They banned me for it. Yeah. What the hell? They were they said that it was I was inciting violence. <laughs> okay. I, I'll say they're three day ban. I don't know. We'll see. Last time they said three days, it was 30. So we'll just see. But yeah, I was like, this is just asinine. <laughs> they're ridiculous. Um I might cut them a little slack on that. Like that's uh, the algorithm caught you up on that one. Um, but you know, hell, a conspiracy theorist could look at it and say, "Nah, it's because you're making a set satirical point about the, about this, uh, you know, BLM worthy shooting, right?" So, uh, I, I hear you, but I don't think it's great on social media at all for people to like, you know, we have to be able to take a joke. One of the problems with the written word is that it's really hard to tell when people are joking, right? Clearly, that was satire, so I, right. I don't say that. And hopefully somebody will review it and your three-day ban will stand and it won't end up a 30-day ban, right? But, you know, how many times have you been texting with somebody and ended up completely crossways crossways because you meant something as a joke and they were like, what the fuck did that mean? Or vice versa, right? Or emails, emails are really dangerous for that. So I guess what I'm saying is like calling for people to get shot is something probably worth banning banning you from Facebook for. At least long enough for a real human to read it and be like, oh, this was a joke, right? Right. Uh, hopefully, but which it's you know. I guess up like I'll hold my opinion because there's John for, or there's uh, right. what's his name from the office holding it. Well, and it's and it, it, dude, it, I brought up satire, right? Because it wasn't that long ago when newspapers were full of satire, right? Mm-hmm. And you could make that kind of commentary, and you know your editor got it, and the chief editor got it, and then the people who read your you know newspaper, ninety percent of them got it. But when you're dealing with bots trying to regulate you know, the wild west that's the size of the universe, I'll, re- I'll withhold judgment in, in t- unless and until they hold they, they back off after three days. Uh, I might also just advise you not to put something that 
as yeah, my attorney in general. Right. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, <laughs> the, so the two examples I have, one uh, up in your neck of the woods, which I wasn't privy to, but the other one was actually right in front of my whole family. I'll start with the first. The, I guess, first I'll lay out my, my kind of point, right? This Prop B thing, getting back to where we really started here. Right. Their intention, at least that they claim, is that they're, they want to, for the, for the community to have a little bit, you know, better leverage in the disciplinary process specifically when it comes to policing, right? Uh, the, the people who are branding as defunding, mainly the cops, um, are, uh, you know, they're, they're claiming that this is the first step in what will be several steps, as I already outlined, that will ultimately result in their defunding. You know, hey, you can make that claim, but that's not what these people are saying, and that's not what this right. proposition will do. It will not do that. Like I said, it really won't even change anything at this point, right? So, it, you know, I believe that certain levels of reform, I do believe across the country are worthwhile, because I think we should always be trying to do better, period. We sure. should always be trying to do better, especially with something as important you, I, okay, I as policing, yes. right? Like, that's so crucial, right? I'm it's on so board crucial. with reform. Yeah. I just think that needs to be... That's a better uh, word than defund. Separate than defund, right? Agreed. And and and, and what pisses me off is it it's it's right wingers in you know the greater San Antonio area and at the state politician level who are branding this as defunding when it's not that, right? Yeah. More, also, and I don't know that we're gonna have time to dive into this thing, but generally speaking, who's for unions and who's against them? Right. Right. The left yeah. is always for union power, and the right is always you know against unionization, which is so yet, weird in this context. It's the flip of that. Yeah. The conservatives are arguing that it's defunding to say you can't collectively bargain as a public service group, right? Mm -hmm. So there's that whole another conversation to be had about should um, uh, public sector unions even be a thing, right? Like, should the, you know, the employees of the EPA be able to unionize and bargain with the federal government for more money, more power, whatever? Should cops be able to unionize and bargain with a city? From If you look at Oakland, California, and this is the case in cities all across the country, especially in California, man, in, especially in left states and hardcore left cities, which most of them are, they support unions. They've turned all this power over to unions. Like something, I read this huge article years ago now. Uh, it would have been after the 2008 collapse. So, you know, but you know, in modern history anyway, that something like 150% of the city of Oakland's budget was devoted to pensions for firefighters and police alone. Hmm. So just paying retirees for those two programs bankrupted the city. Hmm. That's a problem, right? Yep. Now, it, there's not well, a unions are just another it. example. I mean, not they're not a government entity, but it's basically big government in the private sector is what it is. I mean, yeah, well, but here it's, and I don't like big government and I don't like unions, which was why when I saw this, you told me to research this, like one of the things that turned me off to it or before I read was like, there was a photo of Beto who I have never agreed with anything in my life on. I don't like the guy, I despise what he stands for. And he was like, you know, pro prop B. I was like, Oh, this is going to be a bunch of bullshit. And then I read it and I was like, I told you, I was like, the most amazing thing happened. I agree with Beto on something. Found common ground with Beto. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> right. I mean, exactly. But again, oddly, right, because here he's talking about stripping bargaining rights from a union, which would almost never be something that you hear from the Democrats. Mm -hmm. And it's the Republicans who are arguing to keep those powers in place. So it's like crosswise as it can be, right? But 
my main point is police should be held to a higher standard. It's crucial, yeah. in my opinion, that they have the utmost trust and faith of the public. They hold all the actual power, right? They can legally shoot to kill. Almost nobody else can, except in the super limited circumstances that somebody storms into your home or is otherwise threatening your life, right? So, you know, things like the mistake for the lady, uh, I think that was in Minnesota too, yeah. you know, um, you know, on and on down the list, they, those, they should be, you know, no questions asked, you're gone. That's it. The guy who wanted to fight, like that's a, that's a temperament thing that shouldn't be allowed in the police force. A guy who challenges a, a handcuffed, you know, captive to a fist fight that, that dude should have not been allowed back on the force. Yeah. So <clears throat> by, by making this move, you would allow for you that. You want now them to have more now, accountability, but yeah, I will create, throw this out there. Yeah, like, go ahead. It is a thankless job now due to Agreed. the current climate. And so you have more off more veterans. It's gonna be harder to find police taking sure. their pensions early and retiring early because they're like, oh screw this. Why do I even want to sign up for this headache? If I defend myself, I'm guilty. If I don't, yeah. then I'm gonna get shot. So, you know, where there's really it's a lose lose situation. So now you're gonna have less qualified people coming in to fill these gaps. Well, you're creating a whole other mess now. Like, no, hey, well, and that's why the ra- the road to hell is paved with good intentions, right? I'm not sitting yeah. here saying it, that Prop B is a slam dunk, and everybody yeah. in America should. Support I, I'm it. saying I'm pro Prop B. For These sure. are super complicated problems. Super right. complicated problems. And when I'm talking about the, the you know better accountability and a better overall police force, I realize that getting there is I don't know how to do it. I've always described it. My old man and I had a debate about it one time. You know where I said, you know, I'm of the opinion that. Um, there really shouldn't be any leeway granted to officers when it comes to using lethal force. Like they should never be permitted to shoot an unarmed you know, citizen kind of no matter the circumstances, but that's in a perfect world. And I know we don't live in a perfect world mm-hmm. far from it. Right. So, you know, all that with a grain yeah. of salt, but the two examples I want to throw out there is up in your neck of the woods. Dude, what was that? Like Oh, seven, eight, nine. When that pool party on the last day of school got busted. Yeah. That was in my neighborhood. Yeah, almost hesitated. That was in Craig Ranch. And, that literally, yeah, yeah right. It was literally like, your pool, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, I said your neck of the woods, house. your neighborhood, right? Yeah, I know. That became national news. Some of the people listening will probably remember it. Mm-hmm. But there was just high school kids having a party at the pool, and the music got a little loud, and there were kids from like neighboring neighborhoods over and stuff. And yeah, it was, it was you know, keyed up. But it was like Friday afternoon, and I don't think anybody was even drinking, right? They didn't have a bunch of beer there. Correct uh, me if I'm wrong. I don't know. I don't think they they did. They were passing out flyers for a party at a private pool, which they weren't supposed to do. But yes, they were. But nothing that you or I wouldn't have done when we or gone to when we were in high school. Absolutely. And probably been part of organizing. We would have been the ones handing out the flyers. The police show up and they're all cool, except one dude flips his lid. The video is still on YouTube. I'll Mm -hmm. track it down when I catch up on our show notes. Uh, but flips his lid, goes like sprinting across the grass because a couple of kids are trying to run away, trips and does this like fall down, save himself somersault. Looks like, dude, he looked like Paul Blart or, you know, or like Chris Farley trying to play a character, you know, a, a cop character. It was insane, right? And the other cops were just Everly like Hills strolling, strolling into this. There you go. That was one thing. Yeah. Strolling into the situation. And this one cop is tell you one thing that's a problem in the police force that i just sort of see with my eyes and don't have a whole lot of confirmation on you ever notice how bulgy and veiny those dudes tend to be some uh, of them 
some, yeah. There's some uh, jacked cops out there, and they ain't getting that way just from donuts and coffee and lifting without a little bit of assistance, right? Hmm. You and I know. <laughs> you don't get that swole at that age with veins popping up. My point is, there's a lot of cops using steroids. It's period. It's just all there is. I'm not using steroids, though. Yeah, we're using testosterone. But yeah. if that's what testosterone can help us with, imagine what full-blown anabolics would do, right? <laughs> My point is, we know what roid rage would is. help me hit 73. Was it 73 home runs? Barry Bonds uh, hit? Yeah, I yeah think I think 73 that's right. home yeah, runs. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Dude, I looked at, like, um, I don't know why. But he tackled, he tackled this cute little girl who, like, I think she was mouthing off, and he just, like, smoked her. And his buddy, his partners were like, dude, what are you doing? Like, what are you right. doing? A, yeah. a, a teen, an 18-year-old girl is mouthing off in a bikini. Yeah. An 18-year-old girl in a bikini is mouthing off, and he's form-tackling her. You're her roiding out on a kid. Down. It was so stupid. Oh, I don't think the kid – I don't think she was 18. I think she was, like, 15 or 16. Oh, I just assumed she was a senior. Right. She was a, she was a girl, so. dude. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so there was that one. And then I can't remember if I've told this story on the air. I'm pretty sure I've shared it with you. But um, when we lived in the Woodlands, uh, our kids were going to a preschool – uh, over towards actually Magnolia, uh, kind of in between the Woodlands and Magnolia. And if you've ever been to that part of the world, I mean, it's like pine, hundred foot pine trees everywhere. And all the neighborhoods are like tucked into the trees. It feels like you're in the forest when you're driving down the highway and then you turn and then like a neighborhood comes out of nowhere. Right. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> they were having a Christmas party in at the s- school they were going to, which was in a neighborhood away from our house. And, you know, you, you turn in, like I said, down this two lane it's a it was a two lane road separated by a median with pine trees running down it the school is like the first thing you come to you can't even and of course it being winter time it's already dark dark by 6 30 so you know it was pretty dark i think i think it was dark when we went in it was definitely dark 30 when we came out um and as we're walking out they had had when we got there they had had a police cruiser in front of the school and it had its lights on and it made it real. It was just for security, right? They had hired police for security, but you're driving into the, to find a place to park and you're like blinded by the flashing lights. Right. And, um, so as we came back out, still the same things going on. There's an officer standing by, there was one cop that was working indoors and one cop that was standing out by the squad car. Uh, we'd seen the officer indoors. He was just chilling, you know, um, full uniformed officers. The, we come back out and again, you're like, trying to like see where the road is, right? Make out the police officer with these, you know, flashing lights in your face. And this two-door coupe starts coming from like in the neighborhood wanting to go out of it, which was the lane that the squad car was parked in. And, you know, it was years ago now, so I can't tell you. I, I do think he was probably coming up a little fast, but he wasn't like, I don't remember this guy just romping on it and having to hit the brakes to a screeching halt. Like it wasn't like that. Right. Um, in fact, I don't honestly, man, I think he had slowed down and was just trying to go on past. And so I'm standing at the edge of the road and I put my hand out to stop my kids from walking. Cause I can see this dude's going to go ahead and try to pass on by. Right. Probably can't see us because of the damn, uh, cop, you know, squad lights. Right. And so all at the time, I think three of our very young children, like probably, I think Ashley was probably carrying Sarah. The other two were like four and six. <clears throat> the The cop jumps out in the street and screams at this guy to stop, right? And I think he already had his mag light out and he beats it on the guy's hood. 
Wow. He goes around to the to the passenger door and he just starts screaming at him, dude. You motherfucker, didn't you see me in the fucking road? And he, he, I swear to God, he said, if you don't slow the fuck down, I'm going to shoot you in the fucking face. Wow. Screamed. And I don't know anything about the guy. Couldn't see inside the car. Oh, my God. Dude, the cop. That's aggressive. Lost it. And like there was no excuse for what he did. Yeah. None. Lost it. And he screamed in front of a preschool, a church preschool, having a Christmas party that he would shoot some poor guy in the effing face. And those mm. exact words. <clears throat> he lets the guy drive on off and he looks over at us and he was like, sorry about that. Y'all y'all. Okay. And I was like, I told, I said, yes, sir. We're fine. Are you okay? Yeah. Yeah. I'm good. He's a crazy guy driving too fast. I was like, okay, cool. We're going to go ahead and go now. Right. And we, well, you rode out on us too. Yeah. Cross the street. And it's, you know, hundred, we were parked like a hundred yards back the, into the neighborhood, the direction this dude had come from. And the whole way Ashley's, I mean, irate. Like, I was really proud of her, man. It was one of those moments, um, you know, she, women become mama bears, right? Like it's, mm. it's inevitable. And this was sort of one of those moments where she was like transforming into somebody who wasn't going to take any crap, right? We're walking along and she's, you know, just <laughs> complaining uh, about, what just happened and, and I'm going, yeah, I hear you. Let's just get, you know, and we get in the car and she always drives because she gets car sick and uh, yeah, it is what it is. She gets car sick. And so I ride shotgun and look at my phone and she, so she gets in the driver's seat. We buckle the kids in. She's like, I'm, I, 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 I have to say something. I can't leave. I have to say something. And I was like, wow, is that a good idea, babe? I, I don't know. Like, uh, what, what are you going to say? She's like, I, I just, she, she said, she's like, I, so our, at the time, oh, we got in, it wasn't even their school. We got invited to somebody else's school. So the kids went to a different church preschool, right? And so now she, she has a green light to go say something. <laughs> well, my point is, my point is she said, she, she told what she said was, you know, the girls, she's always telling our girls that the police are, that, you know, it was a church preschool. So there were armed security unlike at a public school, right? There were armed security at their school at that age. And, you know, it scared them. They were scared of these big men and, you know, these uniforms with guns on their hips, right? And nightsticks and all that. And so she's like, you know, I tell them all the time that those men are there to protect them and they don't need to be afraid of them. And then that crazy son of a bitch does that right in front of them and undermines everything I've ever told them about what a police officer's for. And I was like, amen to that, right? I mean... <laughs> And that should be the conversation we're having, I think. But anyway, um, she there was no holding her back, dude. She got back out and she walked back down there. And I watched her bitch him out. And, uh, you know, obviously I couldn't hear anything. I just, it was, dude, it was such a weird, I still look back at it and I'm like, man, was I being a bitch myself or was I, I think I was, I don't think he would have let me approach him no matter what. It could have gone bad, right? Like, mm. If I had come up to him in the dark, wanting to have a piece of his ass, I definitely couldn't have used her tone. She was mad, and I couldn't have walked up to that man mad, right? That that was, yeah. I think, not right? based off of what he just did. For right, like, I mean, I'm looking no at it like I'm letting my reason. wife walk up to this guy, but at the same time, I shouldn't have to fear that, right? right? He's there to serve and protect. What should he be doing to my wife? But there's just part of me like, should I have handled that as a man? And ultimately, I've always come back around to, man, that was her moment, not mine, mm -hmm. and it could have gone bad for me. 
anyway, she jumps his ass and he's got a reflective smock on, right? <clears throat> the reflective like vest. Right. She gets done with her ass chewing and she goes and spins around on her heel to walk off. And I watched him drop his head and take his smock off and start walking off to the, like he was going to go inside and get his partner and probably swap or something, you know, but like uh-huh. she worked him over and she got back in the car and she was like, I told him exactly what she told me that, you know, I, you know, you're supposed to serve and protect. You just flipped out in front of my kids and said, you'd shoot this man in the effing face. I try to tell them every single day that you guys are here to you're keep us guys. safe. Yeah. Look what you, you know, you just undermine that. And she, she said, he was like, let me, let me, can I please come talk to him? She's like, absolutely. You cannot. No, you're not allowed to talk to my kids. I just wanted to let you know that you just screwed up in a big way, right? Yeah. He clearly, it, it hit him, right? I, I'm yeah. not saying this was a bad human. I think human, that we right? need more of this, um, you know, nonviolent, but uh, just saying, hey, man, like just what, just like what Ashley yeah. did. Like, hey, this is not acceptable. Right. But I think in America, people just, for all the reasons of, oh, man, um, well, I don't want to be number one now. I don't want to be canceled. Uh, I don't want to be ostracized. You can't really say what you're thinking, but I think more people need to. Because, yeah, I mean, that's, I think that going back to where, kind of how we started this, that's what traditionally made this country so great, right? Uh, but I think people are afraid to do it now. So k- kudos to Ashley for having the stones that you didn't to go talk to him. <laughs> Thanks for putting it that way. <laughs> let me, let me leave it with two thoughts, and I actually really got to get, um, the, the the first is if you look at what prop b what they say their intention is you, you mentioned yesterday when we talked about it that we really want to give quote the mob power because prop b if they get to where they want to go with it would ultimately allow uh basically the the like a like whatever contract came out of this confer meet and confer process the citizens would get to vote on whether they approved it or not mm-hmm. citizens would have some say in therefore in what the disciplinary process would look like and you were like we, do we really want to let the mob rule Again, in a perfect world, I would say yes. Those people work for the citizens. The citizens pay their bills. Their job is to serve and protect the citizens. And if they're not doing that right, or if they're getting away with crap they shouldn't be getting away with, they should absolutely be accountable to the citizens, right? Um, but you know, there's a process there. The city sort of negotiates it, and then the citizens get to vote on it. And I don't think, I, I don't think that if if the two parties came up with something, my guess would be. In fact, there was a there's the city attorney for the city. Uh, made point of this. She's like, I'm not aware of a single incidence in one of these meet and confer settings where the contract worked out between the city and the police wasn't upheld by the citizens. Mm-hmm. Right. So <clears throat> to your point, you want more people able to take a stand and say what needs to be said. That's kind of what this prop B thing is getting at. Right. Um, the other thing I wanted to point out was, so Ashley was not over it. Right. And the next day, she brought it up. I want to say maybe somebody in administration at the girls' school had a husband who was a officer, either an officer or a firefighter. So she tells the story to that person and gets this husband involved. And basically what she was told was, you should drop it. She's like, you're right. Or he was like, you're right, 100%. Uh, that was terrible. Uh, but if you go complain to uh, what I think was probably the Magnolia PD, mm-hmm. he, was, he was like, then you probably don't need to be driving around there anymore because you'll be marked because you know that blue brotherhood will support itself and you know you want to screw around with the police and get somebody in trouble you might start getting more traffic tickets right not like it wasn't like a threat of danger right but it was just like if you screw with the cops you can kind of expect to be harassed a little bit and that was straight from i think the dude was fire he might have been the fire chief 
but he was definitely in a first responder role. Mm. Uh, well, and that's an abuse of community. power too. Damn right. Uh, and, and it, and it goes back to this unionization thing and the concept of accountability and all that. So, yeah. Well, <laughs> good conversation today, my friend. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Thank you guys. I, I always for... like it when we get to get a little bit, you know, to take a position like you started with, that's maybe not what people who listen to us would expect. Yeah. So. Or, and not what I expected to find when I dove into that, uh, to prop B. So, yeah, well, um, and I also think it's super important that we call out BS on both sides, right? And painting that thing as defunding the police is, is dishonesty from the right in this instance. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to episode 28 of Justified Pursuit for Chisholm Cook. I'm Cable Smith. We will see you guys next time. See ya. You know, it seems the more you talk about it, it only makes it worse to live.